Welcome to the Frustrated by Your Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Skyline Studio. I'm your host, Jim D'Amico. And I'm your co-host, Madison McQuiston. Our podcast will bring you the latest in marketing news and strategies for internal marketing teams, marketing specialists, and business owners. So if you are frustrated by your marketing, then this is the podcast for you. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Frustrated by Your Marketing Podcast. And uh, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, We're going to talk about all things Yelp. Uh, We mentioned it a little bit in last week's episode, and I'm super excited because um, I'm not a huge fan of Yelp, and I know a ton of people who like them even less, and so we're going to uh, talk about why people hate Yelp so much and how it plays uh, a role in the market and how it plays a big role in reviews and in, in particular for restaurants and what you could do about it and, uh, you know, again, why why everybody hates them and, and why they why they yeah. in particular think that. Because um, you know, it rubs pretty much everyone I've ever met the wrong way. So we'll go over that. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I've been responding on Yelp quite a bit this week and last week. And I feel like I've learned a lot more about Yelp after doing some research for the podcast episode this week. So I know I'm going to learn a lot from you in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, um, I've i worked with Yelp for a while. And um, they're, like I said, they're, for our restaurant clients, they're a big bone of contention. Um, so what made, so sort of how this episode came to be is I was researching stuff for uh, last week's episode, which is um, review management and, and just reputation management in general. And I was at a, out for dinner with Sky at a restaurant for one of our clients and he came out and we were talking to him. He's the chef and owner. And I didn't even mention that we were doing something about reviews, but he brought up Yelp and sort of off the cuff spit out to me uh, the definition of Yelp. So it, he's he doesn't like Yelp enough that he memorized the definition of Yelp. And I'll, I'll read it to you right now. So the definition of Yelp is a short, sharp cry, especially a pain and alarm. And so he he had this memorized and, and literally that's exactly what he said to me uh, and then went off on probably a 10 minute tirade about how much he hates them. Um, and how they're the worst and, and they're so bad for businesses. And So is Yelp one of the platforms then that this client is struggling with the most compared to maybe Google and Facebook and TripAdvisor? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, it's not that they're struggling with it. It's it's just frustrating the way that consumers use it. So reviews on, on Google um, and reviews on Facebook are fair reviews. So I you know I'm not by and large, the person doesn't see themselves as a um, as a freedom fighter of, of sorts. You know, they're not they're not looking to right wrongs. They're just looking to say they had a good experience or a bad experience. The reviews are shorter. They're you know, on these other platforms. They're usually a half a point to a point higher. Um, so they're usually more positive. And I think when when businesses see Yelp reviews come in and there are these long paragraphs that we spoke about last week. And the person positions themselves as experts in a lot of cases, like a lot of Yelp reviews will start with, uh, you know, I've been in the restaurant industry for 20 years and I'm going to tell you how to run your kitchen. Or, you know, I used to be a general manager. So there, there's this, you know, the consumer that is leaving these reviews has this uh, feeling that they're that they're more powerful. And and I think that that puts it in a bad foot, right? So, you know, the, the restaurant... The person receiving the message um, was already in, in a bad mood about it. And and again, they're, they're by and large more, le- more negative, and that's part of it too. 
And um, the other piece that really bothers restaurant owners is because there's this big uh, community of Yelpers who consider themselves, you know, amateur food critics. There's this big, big influx of reviewers at the at the beginning. So if a restaurant opens, there are dozens of Yelp reviews in the first couple of weeks, um, or 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 more, and those then peter off. And I think it's these these Yelpers they um, are given different badges and statuses and things like that. So they need to go to the new restaurant, and they also think they know maybe more than they do. Maybe maybe they do know stuff, but they. They have the ship on their shoulder. Uh, they come out right away when the restaurant's still in the weeds. They're still figuring stuff out, and um, and there's more negative at that time. So yeah, definitely. You know, the, when when they're paying attention the most, and when they need that really good community support at the beginning, Yelp doesn't provide it. There's no red carpet from Yelp. Yelp gives you um, the complete opposite. It gives you sort of the cold shoulder. Well, I also I saw that Yelp honestly like cares more about the customers and the consumers anyways than businesses. Absolutely. Um, and I I didn't even know that uh, until I started researching this. I, I probably knew it, but never really took the time to think about it. And uh, I listened to, so in prep for the last week's podcast, which now has become this week's podcast, I listened to a bunch of um, podcasts just about Yelp. And one of them was, um, it was the How I Built This Podcast with Guy Raz. That's the one I listened to. Yep. Oh, you listened to that. It was great. Yeah. Uh, uh, super interesting. Uh, in fact, I'll probably listen to other um, episodes of that podcast. You know, he works with entrepreneurs and, and business owners and people who launch new stuff. Uh, so he did an interview with the Yelp CEO and found, one of the co-founders, uh, Jeremy Stoppelman. And it was a super, super interesting podcast. And I And he sounds like a really nice guy, the guy who created it. And the story is super interesting, you know, bootstrapping it through, you know, a tech period where there wasn't a lot of startups and he knew Elon Musk and leveraged his contacts and the struggles and all that stuff. And, but the interesting thing about that interview is he never, during the whole hour long interview, he never really talked about the businesses except one point where he said, yeah, business owners don't really like us. They get mad Mm -hmm. about the way we do reviews. And, you know, what a, what a sad thing to say about platform that really is there to serve businesses and help businesses and makes their money off of businesses. You know, the consumer doesn't pay Yelp. Yeah. Uh, it's the businesses that do it. And I'm not saying that that means you should make it unfair, um, but their unfairness is so heavily weighted against businesses. We'll go into that in a second, that um, that it it's just, you know, basically puts them at that, you know, that bone of contention um, with their their main customer. Yeah. So their main customer, the, the people that keep them in business, uh, don't like them because of how they they set up to run their platform, and it's and it's too bad. And so, like I said, it's just super interesting inter- interview. Seemed like a really nice guy, you know. Obviously, very successful, um, but I think he missed the mark on that. And I don't know if there's any going back now. I think you know, they're set up with, you know, they're not gonna, they will never be friendly to businesses. Um, certainly, never friendly to restaurants. I was gonna say, and don't businesses have to p- pay quite a bit to use the platform too? I know. I think I saw that Yelp doesn't show the best photos that customers post of a business's food unless the business pays for the top photos to be highlighted on their profiles. So this is one of those tricks. So if you don't premium, everything's a premium listing and or a premium, you know, premium upcharge, which is fine, you know, but in my mind, the way premium listings work on Google is either show up or you don't. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're pay for a Google, I mean, you know, things cost money. And I, I don't think anybody's questioning that if you pay for an ad, 
you get better exposure. But the way Yelp has chosen to do this, it, in addition to not getting good exposure if you don't pay them, they make your profile look worse. So your 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 patrons come and they shoot a blurry, dark photo of the dessert half eaten, and they put that up there, and that might show before your beautiful photo that you took of that same dessert by a professional photographer and spent all that time and you don't get to choose what shows up first. And it's it's very clear if you look at profiles that are not sponsored that they almost go out of their way not to show the photos that you've posted unless you pay and then you get to pick the ones that show up first. I mean, they're all there. Again, it's, but it's just kind of how they've done it. And it you know, forces you, if you want your profile to look good, People to you know they've clicked in they're they're ready to go to your restaurant and look at these garbage photos they may be less more less likely to come. Same thing with the reviews you get to highlight your your better reviews if you pay. Otherwise you know you might have a four point two rating and that's great. But if you pay your five star reviews show up first and people start reading. If you don't pay your one star reviews show up first. So I which mean, is really- crazy because I saw forty five percent of customers will look at a business's reviews within the first 24 hours of visiting the business. So the fact that, you know, you have to pay for your good reviews to show up, it's just crazy. But It's sad. It, it really is. And so, and it's, you know, I'll, I'll use this word, which I'm going to steal a little bit here, but it is very predatory. And so the other, the other podcast that I listened to, um, well, I guess there was one, a third one too, but the other main podcast I listened to was uh, the John Taffer podcast. So he's the bar rescue guy. And he went on a complete tirade. I mean, it was an hour of screaming and yelling. And he also called Yelp predatory um, to his industry. I mean, he's 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 really in that industry. Um, and he interviewed a, a ton of different restaurants and, and bar owners and things. You know, during that interview, and none of them had anything good to say. And they, you know, they went into you know how they you know sort of block the the good if you don't pay them. And um, he also went into how aggressive they are in their marketing. And that's the other piece. So I'd say the one positive thing about Yelp is they've run their sales department better than anybody I've ever seen. I um, am nervous to even respond to them because if you give them an inch, they'll literally hound you even more than they already are. So we're on some kind of cycle for every client that we manage. Because we don't pay. Um, you know, That's one of the things I don't believe in paying for Yelp because again, I have this negative feeling about them. Um, but every, it must be like a three month cycle and they'll follow up anywhere from five to 10 times, you know, five phone calls and five emails every, every quarter or so. And if you do anything on the profile, like change anything or update anything, they'll hit you up again, you know, cause they're like, oh, this is a lively, they're interested and they're, and they are aggressive. And, and I made the mistake one time of answering the phone, um, and talking to a Yelp, um, person yeah. and. I explained to them that, so, so a step back from that, we actually, te- I don't know how many years ago this was, let's say six, six, seven years ago, we did, no, it could have been that six, seven years, it must have been five years ago, we tested it for Skyline. I was like, I got someone on the phone, again, they're aggressive, and I was like, okay, we'll test it, we'll see, you know, I, I don't think it'll work for, for websites and marketing, but let's try it. And I did it for three months or two months, and it failed miserably. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just no one goes on Yelp for that. People go on Yelp for yeah, that's true. It's primarily you know, it's, used for restaurants. Yeah, right. They really want other industries to be part of it, but I don't ever see that happening. Um, you know, 
there's enough bad press about it for industries that they have uh, a stranglehold on that they're not uh-huh. going to get these other industries. Uh, so anyways, I, I did that test, didn't work. And then I made the mistake of talking to somebody um, a year or so later. And I explained that. I was like, it didn't work. He's like, no, I'll give you X number off and whatever. I am sure it'll work. I, I guarantee it. And I had what probably was a half an hour conversation where I said, if you guarantee it, then, you know, give a, you know, I'll happily pay for it, but I want do it for free first. And it was this circular conversation where he would not let me off the phone until I admitted it worked, even though it did it. And, you know, so they're, they're that aggressive in their sales technique um, yeah. that, that they will hound you, yell at you. I mean, it was, it was not a kind conversation. And, um, but if you happen to be looking for someone for your sales team and you want them to be aggressive, yeah. I would poach um, previous Yelp salespeople because <laughs> they're awesome, uh, at least in that respect, um, because I know that they're selling other people. Um, they just aren't selling us. And we now, yeah, after that mistake, I don't, I don't answer the phone. And then you feel guilt. I hate ignoring people, but I will ignore five phone calls and 10 emails You know, with nothing. I won't respond even not interested because they'll take that too. Um, they're really, really aggressive and they, and they want... They, they want you to pay them to make your listing look halfway decent and it's not worth it. So, uh, so yeah, so those are the two, the two main podcasts I listen to. And then it's sort of in my, uh, sort of research, there's not a ton of podcasts about Yelp. I think will be one of the, I noticed that ones. too, when I was looking it up. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of hard to, uh, so I just took the ones that were on your list and was listening to those ones. Yeah. So, but there's a great one, um, if you want to just get a little bit of a chuckle, it's called Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet. They do dramatic readings of Yelp reviews. So it's a, it's a brother and sister. They go through, the one I listened to was about uh, buffets and it's just, you know, they go and these, you know, people's reviews about buffets. Um, okay, and that's then, you know, they awesome because whenever I'm topics. responding to Yelp reviews, there are some that are definitely so dramatic that I just sit there laughing because- yeah. They're so terrible. They're like so detailed. Yeah, that's hilarious. I'll definitely have to listen to that. Yeah, check it out. Sure. So, and they've got, they've got, I think over a hundred episodes or something like that. They've been doing it for a while, and they're all categorized by different industries and stuff. Um, and it's great. So, uh, those are the three podcasts I found um, as I was doing this. Uh, so yeah, so you know, I think that the real thing about Yelp and the reason they got themselves into this is is what they care about and we're and their mission and how they were founded so in that episode where i listened to the uh, the founder co-founder talk about it he talked about where it started so yelp started as an idea where you would request this part failed where you would request from your friends and family um, feedback about something so you would say i'm gonna go to this water park um, whatever it is you know what's it like and you'd send out an email or some sort of message on the app or, or the, I guess it was a website. They weren't an app first because they were before, um, before apps. <laughs> uh, but you send out some kind of email or some kind of message. It would go to your friends and family and they could respond back and say, oh, I went. It was great. And That's that so part, interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. All right. So that part failed miserably. And it was sort of an afterthought that you would publicly post a review. Um, <laughs> and again, so they started with this concept of helping consumers get their questions answered and that's where they're coming from and i you know again i don't think that they should be ignoring the consumers either mm-hmm. but because they did that they're ignoring the business owners who are providing the substance for what's going on um 
And a couple other things they do that really affect the business owners is they they are aggressively against asking for reviews. And and I get that, you know, that's not necessarily uh, always a good, you know, I, I get why they, they, you know, their their mission maybe is, is well-founded that they want, you know, more accurate reviews. But if you take that away completely, you punish, certainly punish smaller businesses. So, yeah, you know, sure. a big, big, re- you know, multi, you know, uh, state chain restaurant, they're going to get hundreds of reviews, but the little mom and pop diner is not, and people post reviews when they're angry. And so if they don't get to ask their best customers for reviews, they're going to, again, their Yelp review is going to be a, a point less than their Google review. Let um, and so if, if there's any connect, you know, I've, I've gotten Yelp reviews removed and they don't actually remove them. They just hide them in this section. that's very, very, it's like super small print. Yeah. Just uh, the reviews not recommended. It's very hard to find, even though I know where to look for it. It's at the, I miss it every time, but, and they just put them under there and you'll see in there, it's almost always uh, a person who's only left one or two reviews. So again, they're, they're now new to the platform. So Yelp is also missing an opportunity to get that person engaged. And it's, um, there are a ton of positives in there. So those are ones that you've, you know, the person had a great experience and the waitress says, Hey, you know, leave us a review on Yelp or leave us a review. And the person goes to Yelp and they do it and they start their, their platform and that's where they get hidden. Um, and so the fact that Yelp does that is again, you know, it's hard for the restaurant, restaurant tour to get, you know, it's, it's hard to get a review. You have, and if you're not asking for them, like, how are you going to get them? Yeah. Um, again, people usually like to talk about when something bad happens. So if you don't get to help yourself by encouraging the people that are having good experience, um, it's against, you know, it's against, you know, for you. So. Um, so that, again, that's one of the things that's really bad about it. Um, oh, and then another interesting thing I found out, so Google tried to buy Yelp at some point in the process. I think it was like 2012. Um, Yelp said no. And then Google went on to create Google reviews after that. And, um, you know, I have no problem with Google reviews. They're fair. They're listed chronologically. They don't hide anything. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen where reviews don't get put in every once in a while where it's like a clear problem. Um, I had an example where I was helping a client with something and I was literally in her office helping her. And and I, I mentioned like, Hey, I'd love a review. And she logged in to leave the review, but she was under her daughter's account. At, uh, like signed in on our Google. And so she left the review twice and then it got removed completely and there was mm. no way for her to get it back. Cause I mean, that looks super fishy to leave the same review from the same IP address. Yeah, from two different email addresses within five minutes of each other. I mean, that's the type of stuff where you know, people leave fake reviews, and so you know that that comes down. But with the with the weird ex- with the exception of weird stuff like that, you know, everything gets up there. Um, you can get them removed if they're bad. Like it's really hard to get a Yelp review removed, um, and sometimes they need to be removed because they're they're hostile or they're aggressive or they're they're completely yeah. fake or they're from an ex employee. Um, so they're a little bit more helpful with that. And, and by and large, because of that, and you know, they they they'll allow you, you know, to ask for reviews. Um, where Yelp does, it, they make it very hard for you to even send people to that review page. Where Google has a nice little link you can send to somebody. Um, so it, you know, it's it's just a better experience. So, anyways, it's probably mm-hmm. good for us that they didn't get to buy Yelp because maybe they wouldn't be so good either. 
That's crazy. Yeah. One of the things I've actually been recently noticing a lot is people, if you have one angry customer, I have seen them one person posting on all four platforms. So like with our software, Bright Local, we can see all of the reviews that come in in one spot and I'll like read through them and I'm like, oh, these four are the same. And then I'll realize that the person who has the profile posted the same review in four different spots. So like Facebook, Google, Yelp, TripAdvisor. And sometimes those are so hard to respond to, but most of the time like, well, we responded to your review on this platform but here's the gist of what we said on that one and i've been noticing that so much lately with people who are angry about random random reasons but and that's you know and that's what reviewing has become and much more so on yelp is it's a a area of grievances and so people they want to be heard they expect i don't know where people started expecting perfection from the services they get um, you should expect really good, but you know we're still in the post-COVID world. Restaurants have a really hard time staffing. Um, still, and people are responding more now too, or at least posting reviews now more after COVID too. Right? I think yeah, so, like responding has gone up by like twenty-five to fifty percent, some crazy like crazy number. Yeah, and I think that's it's somehow during COVID we started expecting things to be more perfect. I don't know, maybe because things were so bad, but we're still digging out of it. And costs are up and labor is hard to find. And, you know, staff is, you know, some of it's new, you know, know, there might've been a restaurant that had the same chef for a decade. And now they're dealing with, you know, their third chef in the last three years. Um, It's, it's harder to, to, to do those things. And, And the customers, you know, less forgiving and it's just causing this, this horrible um, situation where restaurants are suffering because of it, and it's too bad. And Yelp is is really the culprit. And um, and yeah, so I'm I'm not a fan. Um, so another interesting Yelp tidbit is um, right. This was literally right before COVID. There's a brewery in Connecticut, and they. Uh, so this is I would call review spamming, and this is something else uh, to watch out for. It's sort of. Not a, I saw this. It was mostly on Yelp, so that's why I'll bring it up here. But it could certainly happen on any platforms. They were also spamming their their Google a little bit too. Um, but they attacked some a political party member somewhere, and the other political yeah. party, um, or or you know, or their political party followers or whatever it was. I can't remember the specifics. They started spamming this brewery with one star reviews, and it was like one a minute for hours until Yelp finally took the whole page down. Um, so, you know, be, you know, again, this is all about customer service, treating your customers well, and how you present yourself anywhere. Couldn't, you know, in the case of reviews, this is something that could happen. People can leave a review, not just because of the experience, but because of a side experience. So how you are on social media, how you treat the guests. If you see them on the street, um, people are looking for a reason to leave negative reviews. And so you know, protect yourself by, by being kind and, and not not poking the bear because uh, especially on Yelp, that's what they, they want to respond that way. Well, and the other thing I noticed too when I was doing my research is that businesses, at least with Yelp, are starting to sue customers now more that keep leaving repetitive bad reviews, which is crazy to me. And a lot of them, at least, I think the article I read, it gave like five different cases and most businesses had won the cases in court. 
which like is crazy because I saw one that was a couple had gone and ended up getting sued like $25,000 from a business held up in court and wow yeah that's great no I mean you it's defamation and if it's not real and and or it's um pettiness so if it's if someone if their food was cold and they uh, exaggerate that to something that is um more hostile then shame on them um and if it's just cold they can probably have just spoken to the general manager and gotten something warm <laughs> you mm-hmm. know got that heated up a recup so um i think they should be sued especially if it's if it's hurting businesses which it is um you know, if you, you know, you're it's libel right you're not allowed to attack somebody falsely so I was going to say that I've seen quite a few reviews too with our clients that's like someone will respond and write a review saying, oh, my friend went here last week and they told me this is what happened, but I've never been there. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. So those are good examples of reviews that could be yeah, taken down because it's been there, Why are you yeah. writing a review? It wasn't your experience. Right. Right. Yeah. That's terrible. Um, okay. So. I think I covered all the oh this is another interesting stat so uh Yelp again is lower on average um of what I've read and and just seen with our clients a half a point to a point lower than Google okay. and uh a stat on revlocal.com is that for every increase in star rating you can increase your revenue um, from five to nine percent so thanks these matter like it really matters for business so what does this all mean it means Respond to your reviews no matter what. So people know that there's a person behind it that cares because they might be a little less likely to leave that bad review, even if they are unhinged. And from what we learned from the last podcast episode, if you guys haven't listened to that one, is respond within a week to bad reviews Respo- and any right. reviews most for the most part. Right. Respond within a week. <laughs> ask for reviews, except maybe not for Yelp, but maybe uh-huh. uh, ask them if they've got a, you know, if they've got an active Yelp profile. Uh, be kind to your guests as well mm-hmm. you know that's always just a good thing i mean it's not this doesn't mean that every bad review is wrong you know there are things everybody always needs to improve but but yeah work on getting those improved because it matters um it matters for matters for your revenue for yeah sure. but a lot of them take them as advice make your business better <laughs> right uh okay i think i covered everything i wanted to cover oh one other little okay so uh, one last thing on Yelp, and then and then we'll move into our unsolicited uh, marketing feedback segments. So, uh, like we said, Yelp is very pro-consumer. So when I say everybody hates Yelp, I'll say with the exception of Yelp elites. So I do know some Yelp elites uh, in Connecticut, and they're a super fun group. They're great people. I have no problem with them. And they are, um, you know, it's a sort of food blogger community, at least the, the ones that I know. And they get together, they have events, and they they go to parties, and they review the parties, and they're at the openings, and um, they have a great time. And they're not, they're by and large very positive um, in reviews and in the way that they treat people. So there are you know good people there. There is a good community there. Uh, so I think that's a good way to leave this. It's not all bad. There are there are some really good players there um, who, you know, they they've found a niche where they can. They can share and they can have this um, this group of people who care about restaurants and care about you know care about good food and 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 that community. So so there it's not it's more the corporate structure. Um, so I would say that some of the reviewers, especially this these Yelp elites, seem to be 
um, seem to care. Now, the Yelp complainers, not so much, and the, and the corporate structure, definitely not so much. So, um, I think that's that's my take on Yelp. I I'm not a fan, and um, I think you should not pay them for your um, advertising ever. <laughs> I <laughs> that's, completely agree. That's my that's my advice. Spend it um, on Google or somewhere else. Okay, yep. so unsolicited marketing feedback. This one is uh, a positive one. We, there's no surprise here. We already went over it, but I'm going to show you a logo redesign this a couple weeks ago, but I think thought this was super interesting and it leads into something that I wanted to, um, that I want to talk about in a future episode, which is a direction I see graphic design or just design in general going. So Pepsi has a new logo. Uh, this was their previous logo and this is their new logo. I don't know if it's actually on the shelves now and I've read about this, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. And um, so I'd love Madison's feedback on the logo and uh, then I'll give you my thoughts on it. It's hard because I'm not a Pepsi drinker. I mean, obviously I've, at least in recent years, associated the Pepsi logo with I'm the, also cur- or the last current Pepsi one. drinker. I'm a Coke drinker. Yeah. But the <laughs> one on your desk. <laughs> yeah. Um, that wasn't planned either. But yeah, I, I always have a Coke on my desk. <laughs> yeah, the one before the recent change. So the one with the blue blue background. I mean, that's kind of what I associate Pepsi with. But I don't think the new one is bad whatsoever. Because I think you said that one was last used in what, 1991? So so this is interesting. So that this is, again, this is the, the previous one. And there's been a bunch of derivations similar to this. And this is um, the new one as a soon or now this is the history of the pepsi um logo um through time and interestingly enough they did a a you know consumer study where they you know interviewed a bunch of their fans and they had them like freehand draw pepsi logos and pretty much everybody drew this logo which ended being used back in 1991 and i bet if you had asked me prior to this i would have done that too like all of these other like these never caught on. It never, it never really engaged people the same way. So they went back to what worked. I think that's really, really smart, and and, and I like it. Which, for those of you, if you're listening to the audio version of this, the newest logo is the one with Pepsi in the circle. Correct. Oh yeah, we're not side by that. side with the logo. Yes. So this is on YouTube as well, and you can see what we're showing right now. So it is in. We got to remember to do that. Okay. So, anyway, I think it's I think it's smart. It's you know a slightly different version um, of what they had back before nineteen ninety one, which was a very similar version they had since nineteen sixty two. So that just sort of evolved from nineteen sixty two to nineteen ninety one, and then they just played around with it like crazy from nineteen ninety one until um, twenty twenty three. Yeah, and it just became this big um, this big mess, and now they're going back to what worked. So I think my feedback is I think that's really smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what people will remember for the brand. Um, I think it's cleaner. It's it's cohesive. It kind of is contained. You know, some of these they're all over the place. So I really like it. Yeah. And the other thing I think that's super interesting is this this piece right here. And this is something, you know, and the logo itself might not match exactly what I'm about to say, but certainly the branding between the today and tomorrow does. Which is, I feel like there's a trend going towards darker design aesthetic. So yeah, for sure. Prior to this, bright white screens, light, airy, negative space—that was that was all the rage. And I'm seeing more and more companies 
look for dark. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with, with your generation, Gen Z. They love dark mode on their phone. They don't remember when computers were, you know, a, a black screen with green letters on it. And I yeah. think, you know, my generation, yeah. like we, we wanted light and area because c- computers couldn't do that when we first started using. Them. So that was, that was new and trendy and, and modern. And, and for you, it's about, you know, back to your eyes and you've been using computers since you were born. And so dark modes can take over. So that, I definitely want to do an episode on that, but I feel like that's part of what's going on here. I mean, you could see the Pepsi here, if that's not black, it's very, very dark blue. Yeah. Um, yep. And, and certainly they chose to put it on a black background. So, you know, I think that that is at least partially um, goes along that trend. And I, and I, so I like it. So I would give this a thumbs up. I think it's a good redesign. I think so too. I mean, especially for a brand like Pepsi. I mean, everybody knows the brand Pepsi. So it works for them if they're wanting to kind of change their logo because everybody kind of knows them already. Whereas if it was like a new and newer brand switching your logo that drastically can sometimes not be as great. But I really like it. I mean, if they've used it in the past, people already know it. So, right. And, you know, again, I've it, it's a, always a bad idea. Unless you were literally changing your company completely to completely rebrand. So they kept the same red, white, blue. It's still in a circle. They happened, you know, they moved the the text back into the center, but it's all it's continue a continuation of that same, you know, if you look back at that, I'll pull up that screen again. If you look back at that um evolution, you know, except for Brad's drink, which I guess was Pepsi before, which I didn't know, you know, everything sort of Continue, you know, everything's a continuation of the neck. So this text got dropped on the bottle cap, the bottle cap got changed, then the bottle cap became the swoosh. And then, you know, and then, you know, here we're sort of evolving back, but, you know, this little bottle cap here has continued in some way back from 1951. And I think that's good. If you look at it, most good rebrands, you know, some, some aspects stay the same, you know, they brought in they made one, you know, some changes each each level. So it was just red. They brought in the blue. The blue has remained since. You know, they're not they're they're changing the tone of the blue. Um, they're changing the swooshes and making them look a little different. This is when the things were in three D, but it did go. You know, it didn't. You know, they didn't all of a sudden use green as their logo. So yeah, I think that yep. that's a smart way to do it. Okay. So, anyways, that's our marketing feedback. I think that's our episode. Uh, thanks for joining yeah, us. Great um, we'll try to remember I mean, to say. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it's fun to talk about Yelp because, like you said, I mean, there's not a whole lot of podcast episodes on it. Yelp can be frustrating. And, you know, it's always nice to hear advice on how to handle reviews, especially with different platforms because some of them are so different. Yeah. And maybe we'll do future episodes on Google reviews or, or some of the other platforms. I They certainly won't be as negative as this one, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, see you next week. Uh, we don't know what the episode will be yet, but um, no, we'll it's going to be a surprise. And, so you guys are going to have to come back and listen to it. <laughs> yeah. So subscribe wherever you can and uh, or watch on YouTube so you can see uh, what we were sharing. And we will see you next week. Yeah, see you guys next week.